you've decided to move into the driver's seat and and there's a lot of maybe training that goes along with that some of it but some of it is also going to be learning how to work with your intuition so that you can then incorporate some of the training or incorporate some of the healing with that but you're still the one driving excited to be joined by Aaron Anderson, aka The Gold Runner. And Aaron is a pretty well-pronounced healer within the Minneapolis area. And I guess, Aaron, how else might you define yourself? Yeah, I have used different um, terms at different times and for different audiences. And so sometimes I kind of lean more towards talking about myself as a mindfulness of facilitator, meditation, instructor, well-being instructor is the title that I have at the George Wellbeing Center, which is in the um, downtown Minneapolis YMCA. Uh, but I've also used the term energy alchemist because I think of what I am doing as helping to kind of create uh, different kinds of energies out of what we're what we're just kind of working with day to day and that transformation or that kind of process of um, shifting feels to me very alchemical so yeah yeah cool so how does the gold runner play into that so the gold runner is referencing a particular type of meditation that I learned in the clairvoyant training that I did for, um, I took six semesters of clairvoyant training, and this is a few years ago now. And one of the meditation styles that we learned was called running energy. And you can run all different sorts of energies through your energy channels. You can run earth energy, you can run cosmic energy. And so the the idea was that running these different types of neutral energies through the energy channels can help clear out any kind of stuck energy, but also bring in a really healing vibration. And one of the energies that we worked with quite a lot was the energies of gold as a as a color, because we'd use different colors for different purposes. And as this particular um, style of clairvoyance teaches, gold is the highest color of vibration that we can hold in our in our bodies without like leaving our body. So if you want to be leaving your body, working with astral energy, you might be using white or silver, which are extremely high vibrations. So gold is gold is what we can work with, but still remain in our bodies. And I feel like so much of the work that I do is about getting people to come back into their bodies rather than getting them to try and go elsewhere. We're, we're, we've gotten really good at um, being out of our bodies. And so being, <laughs> being in our bodies is kind of where all the magic is happening, where all the action is. But still being able to bring that vibration high enough to to be able to make changes. And so in a very, just to kind of simplify things, gold is the color of transformation. It's the color of forgiveness. And forgiveness has been a big part of my healing journey. And so I, as I was just trying to decide whether I wanted to just use my name in my practice or to have more of a more of a concept or an image to work with, I thought, well, gold is what I want to be working with every day. And I want to have that reminder kind of out there in front of me every day. And so I I thought about how 
in the training that I've done that running that gold energy through my energy channels every day is what I wanted to just be, have it be so much like in my face all the time that I would never forget it. So that's where that, that's where that comes from. Uh, I love that. That's so awesome. Energy alchemist indeed. So along with that, what does your practice really consist of? Because I know you do, you know, one-on-one type work and then also group meditation work. If you could just elaborate on those a little bit. Right. Yeah, there are kind of three, I think of three different kind of components to what I do and the the meditation, kind of holding space for meditation, doing guided meditation, even sound healing, I kind of think of as part of that group meditation where people just come and I am helping them to just kind of get into that meditative state or that more mindful state. And then another component is the the one-on-one healing sessions. And for that, I, I offer Reiki. I offer a different type of sound healing session where it actually uses Himalayan bowls on the body. So it's, it, it is kind of a body work session, uh, but using sound and vibration. And then through, and we'll probably get into this a little bit later, but through the, the lineage of King Solomon that I have done kind of the majority of my training in, then you get into more esoteric healings, um, working with aura clearing, emotional cord cutting, what I've come to think of as kind of energy recoding. So kind of moving around some of the energy in, in our energy systems or clearing things out so that change can can take place. So there's that. And that's probably the closest thing to that energy alchemy, like ch- changing things around or creating maybe a better way of saying it is creating the right conditions so that those changes can can happen. And yeah, and also Reiki is a part of that. And then I do some Qigong healing as well. But the Qigong is also part of the group practice so that can be that can be a very focused kind of healing session for one person or it can be the the kind of mindful movement session that you might think of with tai chi or something so there's a similarity there and then the the third component of what i do and i've this is where i think a lot of um a lot of my energy has gone for the last maybe year or year and a half has been creating different kinds of workshops and experiences where people can get in touch with their intuition or try different creative ways of um, just doing some of their own healing. But that has really, that has been a really creative process for me just to think of different ways of approaching that and kind of setting it up in different, with different settings, with different co-hosts sometimes and I'm really just trying to do as many of those things so that different people who are drawn to different aspects of creativity or working with intuition um, would be interested and just try something maybe try something new different. So it sounds like you've been walking this path for quite some time now and I'm wondering how like what your main goal has been with clients and how that's shifted over time. And then with that, how you've discovered these different modalities that you currently use. Yeah, I think I I know that it has shifted and that's an interesting, it's an interesting thing to think about. I think one thing that's consistent through the past few years is that I still really want to help people see themselves more clearly because that's what I feel like 
was a really big deal for me when I um, kind of not really happened upon the clairvoyant training, but I, I knew, I think, on some level what I was looking for without exactly knowing how that was going to come through. And um, what I had been up against or what what kind of led me to feel like I really wanted to take more of a role in my in my own healing was some emotional trauma and just a lot of toxicity and in in relationships that really were not a good fit for me and and I think what was so damaging or just really not a good fit was that I started to have a really distorted view of myself and that I started taking in some of the some of the direct and explicit and implicit feedback from from other people and started letting it kind of change the way that I was seeing myself and so it wasn't it was like a crisis of perception and of of sight in some ways because i just let things get really clouded and really murky and um so even though i didn't set out to try and correct that specifically i feel like that's what started to bring me out of that fog was learning how to work with my clairvoyance learning how to see clearly because that's literally clairvoyance means clear seeing and 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 being able to read my own energy being able to read the energy of of others and the energy of situations just slowly and by you know by degree kind of took me out of that just distorted perspective and and I see and talk to a lot of people who I who I recognize are in similar not similar situations necessarily, but similar in the sense that they're also seeing themselves in a way that is not real. Like reality has become something uh, untenable or something that just feels really heavy. And part of the process of healing can be seeing things as they actually are, seeing the beauty that each of us has. And, you know, only, you know, I can tell someone all day long what's wonderful about them but until there's until there's an actual experience of that until you until you can start to see some of it and not all of it at once but it's really hard i think to just trust someone else's assessment nor nor should we because that could be a compliment or something that takes away from you is still something that comes from someone else and so i think always wanting to offer people a different way of seeing, of seeing the world, of seeing themselves. So that that has stayed the same. But I think what has changed is having a number of different ways now of offering that sight or that different perspective, because everyone is starting from a different place. And some of what interests me or what um, has been really motivating for me has had a, a distinct kind of flavor of mysticism to it, but that's not where everyone is working. And and I've really wanted to be able to um, work on a very, very practical, very pragmatic level, as well as in some of the more kind of mystery-based um, traditions. Yeah. Thank you. That's a really beautiful explanation of how you got into clairvoyance and you know with that I just want to say that the whole perspective thing or the perception thing that you mentioned is really a prevalent issue with so many of us especially this day and age with the social media oh god yeah yeah 
And to think that 20 years ago, none of this existed, like the social media aspect didn't exist. And now it's so prevalent in our daily lives and how we look at ourselves and other people. So with your explanation, it really seems to add to the usefulness of clairvoyance. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that wasn't that wasn't even a factor. We we would take in information from other people in different ways. But now we have that added added layer. Yeah, it's just more, <laughs> more, more to balance, more to try and clear out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And going back to how you first started clairvoyance and the beginning of your training, what did your training look like? And then along with that, what are, what were some of your first inklings of how to access your intuition? I think the first inklings for me were in my, in my dreams because I, I grew up in a very conservative Christian household and so none of this was none of this was ever on the table and in fact was really sort of frowned upon and so I had my imagination and I had my dreams but but that was all very kind of neatly kind of set off to the side just like well that is just your imagination that just is a dream and right around the time when I really started struggling with the relationships, uh, my former marriage, I really noticed that in my dreams, I was getting a lot of information that, well, it was information that was really unpleasant, but it all was very relevant and really looking looking back like a few weeks or a few months at a time, I would see how I already knew a lot of the stuff that was going to happen, but didn't didn't listen to it or kind of hoped that it wasn't real. Uh, so I just recognized always kind of after the fact that, wow, I have I have all of this information, but it comes to me in moments when I when there's really nothing that I can do about it. And so I started to wonder, what it would look like to have access to that information in a more conscious way and in like in my waking life when I could do, actually do something about it. And, and I had for many years not, and not frequently, but every once in a while would get a, a tarot reading or a psychic reading. I always found them really interesting, but more than that, I thought I want, I want to do what those people are doing. I, I thought that if I had that kind of a direct line to the spirit world or to intuition that that would make all the difference in my life and and I mean it it has so I that was I was right about that and I and I kind of knew that but it took me a really long time to find the like the right setting and the right kind of um training scenario. I also am a really analytical or I think of myself as a pretty analytical person who has, I have, I have difficulty just with someone saying something like, well, just, you know, just use your intuition. Like that just doesn't, yeah. it just doesn't really work for you. I'm like, great. I would love to, or just trust yourself. Awesome. Like, tell me how, or like what, show me what that looks like, because obviously I haven't had enough good examples of that to be able to just, you know, do it. And so what I loved about this 
and training. Um, and it's, it's called Envision and they're still, it's a, it's a school in Chicago and they're more exclusively online now. Most of the training I did was online, but we would gather every once in a while. And they had just this really rigorous program that was very, you know, I, I mentioned the mysticism. This was definitely not mystical. This was very much like, this is something we all have access to but no one tells you how to how to get to it. So here are some really practical tools. And then you're going to practice a lot. And you're going to learn how to make sure that you are grounded so that you know that when you're reading energy, it's not it's not your emotions coming into the picture. Like if you go to read someone else, you are accessing that energy because you've already done, you know, the work to kind of ground yourself. So even before um, I could take the training. Anyone who wanted to do their clairvoyant training program had to take a six-week meditation course just to learn the tools to be able to get to get grounded, to get safe enough to do some of that other work. And so there was there was a process, there was a structure, there was this, uh, and and that really made it seem legitimate to me and something that was repeatable and something where I felt like, okay, I'm not going to just be, I'm not going to go in and mess with stuff that I have no business messing with or that I don't know anything about. This It was a very, they call it sometimes psychic kindergarten. Like it's just you you learn in a really safe setting how to do things that are super super basic but again that we don't get any kind of instruction in how to do and so there's in a in a way there's really nothing terribly magical about doing it it's it's a skill it's like learning how to play an instrument it's like you know it's like training a muscle and i just was really really motivated to do it so i took as many extra classes there as i could i would do we would have um, kind of lab sessions where we would practice and I would sign up for as many of those as I, as I could. I would, so I kind of made it my part-time job, you know, on top of the job that I was already, I was, I had a full-time job at that point. And I was just like, this is the most important thing to me. And so I'm just going to practice the hell out of it. And, and I want to, I want to be able to do this really well because every time that I would do it, I would, I would have an experience of my own energy. I would have an experience of see, just seeing more clearly. And I thought, well, this is this is everything. This is what I'm here to do. And that was kind of the the beginning. And and then from there, when I started, when I received the certification to be able to start doing that kind of out in the world, that's when I started getting questions from people like, okay, this is, this information is amazing. Like, can you tell me what I should do with it or what, like where to go from here? And I realized that, you know, I, I could just send people out with that information because that's already a healing. Just being able to have someone see, see you in a, in a different kind of way, that's already healing. But I, but I did want to be able to provide a little more, support. And so I started then looking for different kinds of trainings where it could be something where I could stick with someone for a while on their journey and give them more resources and create a kind of container for growth. And so that's where some of the other modalities started to come in. Awesome. And going back to how you mentioned that we all have the ability to be clairvoyant and we all have intuition, do you have tips that you could give 
you know, like practical everyday tips that you could give for people trying to access their intuition or maybe even examples of somebody accessing their intuition but not necessarily knowing it? Yeah, well, I think the again, for me, that was that was happening in in my dreams. And any time that I would set an intention before going to sleep and I would just do it as a kind of experiment every once in a while. I didn't I didn't know how like how rich that information could be. So I would just every once in a while do that. Or I would, there was a period of time where as I would fall asleep, and this is before, <laughs> before <laughs> laptops were a thing. <laughs> so dating myself here, but I would, I would take the, the um, keyboard of my computer and I would bring it into bed with me. So I'd have the cores like attached <laughs> to the monitor still or to the tower. And I would sit and I would type just whatever would come into my mind as I was falling asleep. And now I would think of that as as a kind of channeling or a kind yeah. of, you know, automatic writing. I didn't, you know, I was just I was just playing around. And the the whole thing, the whole reason I would do it was because I would love waking up in the morning and see what I had written. It, I would have no memory of it, but it would be this really interesting stuff and this insight into into like parts of me that I, I had no intention of going in for. I was just like, well, let's just see. And I would listen to music, mostly Pink Floyd, as I was, <laughs> as I was drifting off to sleep. I mean that's that's just one example but I I think other other examples probably more relevant examples would be when if if we walk into a room and you just know that something is off but you're supposed to you're you're there to do something you have a task or you have a job or you're you know you're in a meeting or whatever and there isn't the time to sort of parse out well what does that mean that I feel this way where do I feel that in my body what am I going to do with that it just all gets sort of brushed you know brushed off or pushed down because because we have to do something mm -hmm. very rarely are we just sort of you know drifting around enjoying a day and thinking like oh well I had this experience when I talked to this person and it was either really intensely positive or really intensely not positive and now I'm going to go and sit in a park and I'm going to take some time to figure out what all of that means so we're getting these we're getting these hits all day long and only if we actually take some time doesn't even have to be right in that moment but creating space and time during the day to sit and just to either, you know, it could be reflection, it could be journaling, or it could be more of a kind of emptying, emptying the minds kind of thing, or connecting with a particular spirit guide or, or whatever it is that is kind of helping us put some meaning around something and just listening, listening to what our body has to share, listening to what spirit has to share with us. So it's a lot of it is the the pace of our day. So mm -hmm. if we if we take time or if we create time or if we happen to have a kind of lifestyle that is not so jam-packed with stuff, then I think we start to see just how much of that information is available. But I like using that example mm -hmm. of like walking into a space, like just the that kind of sometimes when you just feel like you're having this overwhelmed with a with a scent or some kind of sensory feedback and mm -hmm. 
and just take it for granted or just kind of move on move mm-hmm. on through it yeah yeah and i think that feeling is so much more intense for people that are psychic empaths and a lot of people are empaths and they don't even know it but it's like they're automatically taking on the energy of the room mm-hmm. and so just like bringing up the awareness of the experience when you're walking into a new place it that in itself is probably really helpful yeah yeah well and i think i mean we are by nature humans are empathic so there's really Mm -hmm. nobody who isn't it's kind of i think of it more like how many layers of like barrier have been built up Mm -hmm. between you and your you know and your connection to to other people because just on a on a nervous system level we are we are wired to pick up those signals from other humans it's just how it's just how we're built um and i think that one of the really valuable lessons or the techniques and tools that i learned from the clairvoyant training was how to how to recognize when an experience that i'm having that i take to be my own experience actually is someone else's experience. So recognizing the difference between my energy and the energy of someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and just to kind of give a very high level sort of rule of thumb, anything that feels validating of your experience, um, your authentic experience as a human being is your energy. Like your energy can't invalidate you invalidate you um invalidate invalidate. yeah that's right that's right and so anytime we do feel that we're not being validated or we're not receiving kind of that that sense of validation it's not it's not our energy that doesn't mean that our egos don't play a role it doesn't mean that we don't um, participate in that in some way but that alone i feel like was a really helpful perspective to have that if it's if it's not something that helps me understand my truth it's not even mine so i can then choose either to clear it out or i can choose to work with that energy because i feel like maybe there's some sort of lesson there that i that i want to learn but something else i think especially for people who are really interested in understanding themselves is knowing that not every negative emotion or not every difficult experience has to be fully understood to get cleared out. Mm-hmm. Again, I think we I think we all have some maybe some core lessons that we're here to learn and with a little bit of meditation with a little bit of reflection, I think it's not too difficult to see some of the things that keep coming up for us and then I think there are plenty of other things that just like it's just noise and and clearing that out and knowing how to uh, move out that energy, grounding it out and getting rid of it allows us then to spend our time working on the more like the core stuff. Mm-hmm. So what you've just described, is that what you're working on with most of your clients right now? And do you have any trends with your clients and like who's coming to you when and do things kind of go in clusters or? Yeah, I think that... On the whole, I feel like the people who who end up finding me or seeking me out in some way, they're all in places of transition, which feels a little bit like, well, of course they are, but... Um, <laughs> I just shot my hand up in the air. <laughs> it's true. She did. A lot of people who 
uh, I end up working with are people who are wanting to change their careers, moving out or like it's either with career or relationships, it's pretty consistently that they've kind of reached the end of their tolerance for whatever the way things have been. And they're sort of just like, I have no idea what to do. I just know that I can't go on this way. And that's kind of where I where I was when I started to find all of this stuff. And so it, it makes a lot of sense to me. And I it, it feels good to be able to relate to people in that way and just be like, yes, I got you. Like, <laughs> we're going to work on some stuff together. And you just l- described me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This is not working. This worked <laughs> up until a certain point or, or it didn't, but I was like too busy kind of just doing life to see how it didn't work. And mm-hmm. one of the ways that I, that I kind of think about where I feel like people are at when, when I start working with them, it's like they've, they have gotten, they've gotten through a lot of life doing a kind of like paint by numbers sort of thing where just like, okay, I've got this, I've got this pattern and I know like this goes here, this goes here. I'm supposed to do this now. And I've, I've done this and wow, I have this really lovely picture that has absolutely no meaning for me because I wasn't really responsible for creating it. And so these are people then who are maybe nervous about or uncertain about where to start a completely new project and and well aware of the fact that it's probably not going to look it's not going to be like the perfect work of art it's going to be messy or it's going to be you know it's not going to be like the neat and tidy sort of thing and so then i i feel like my job is to either help them have some patience for themselves as they figure out what do they even want that to look like or give them some of the support of knowing that you're not doing any of this alone. You have simply decided to change your your role. Instead of being kind of in the, like riding along, you've decided to move into the driver's seat. And, and there's a lot of maybe training that goes along with that, some of it, but some of it is also going to be learning how to work with your intuition so that you can then incorporate some of the training or incorporate some of the healing with that, but you're still the one driving. And I think that's the, that's one of the challenges I feel like my role has with it is that I want to give people enough support so that they know they're not doing it by themselves, but I can't do their work for them, nor do I want them to like come to me every time there's a question. Like I want to, I want to teach them how to do the things for themselves in addition to, you know, being there when they're just like, I, you know, I can't, or Mm -hmm. I like, I don't know what to, what to do. And so I think that's, that's something else um, that all of the modalities that I practice have as an opportunity is that they're all, they all create the space and the conditions for someone to be able to do that work. But, um, but I think anyone who comes sort of feeling like, well, I'm going to, I'm going to, I want to do this, but I'm going to do it in a kind of passive way. It's, they're not going to get, I think what they're looking for as much. It's a very, um, it's a very active role that they have to take. Mine is just kind of opening up that space and holding that space and and doing that in different ways depending on what resonates mm-hmm. for people. So it's kind of finding the right 
inroads to that and then and then letting letting their work start from there and then finding more and more ways to support that Mm -hmm. yeah i mean just your analogy of going from riding along in the car to driving the car that's like such a scary thought but Mm -hmm. that's what we do when we spend our entire life doing the paint by numbers thing and following the steps and then all of a sudden you realize it's not working and it's like what do i do like i need a guide sort of thing so that makes a lot of sense that that's where you come in yeah (laughs) do you think that most of these people are working on like healing and raising their consciousness in addition to finding a new path in their career or relationship i think so because i think there are there are so many ways of finding a new especially with regard to careers there are business coaches there are uh, mentors in you know probably within their field or the field that they want to be going into and so i think anyone who seeks out energy healing as even just one among many ways of moving that already has at least you know a, a a fleeting interest in what it might look like to move on a on a spirit level with that so i think i think anyone who isn't interested in that would just find some other other approach to it and mm-hmm. yeah even in my my own life i mean i work and st- still work with a um, like a counselor or a therapist who I absolutely love and um, who has been incredibly supportive of the energy healing work that I've done and who has who acknowledges how much more progress we've been able to make in therapy sessions because of the support that I've found in other in other through other avenues. But I think there are so many ways of raising consciousness. There are so many ways of getting the things that we need, but to be able to layer in that aspect of spirit only, I think not everyone is going to go that route. So I feel like people who, who do so at least know that there are other things probably, you know, that contribute to what they're able to understand in the, in the physical world or what they want to change in the physical world, that they're going to be changing both at the same time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. So we've talked about this briefly before, but as somebody that works, you know, so exclusively in this space, I was wondering what your thoughts are on like the this global wake up that we're all experiencing and also like the responsibility that healers take in it. Yeah, I think this is this is something really interesting to think about and I work with and talk to a lot of people who either call themselves or their children indigos or star seeds oh, and sure. and 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 that is because we are we are in that era and and yet i i think um personally that hasn't ever resonated for me and it might be because i am older like as someone born in the 70s i feel like that was like there were there were people coming through certainly like here here and there um it's really been, I think, since the like '90s, early 2000s, and like 2012. Like, I mean, it just mm-hmm. like there are these, there are these waves, and I kind of feel like I'm, I'm between a couple of those waves, and so I think of myself as kind of a bridge, mm-hmm. um, trying to connect people who don't understand this, um, yeah, this type <laughs> of being, and. 
but are surrounded, you know, like, and, um, and then also being able to support. So I have, I have a number of older clients and um, some really young clients and it's a totally different experience working, working with people also just who have spent less time on, on earth period. Like you're just in a different phase Mm -hmm. of your growth and what you have kind of lived through. Um, But I feel like the responsibility for me and maybe I'll broaden this out, but just, I'll just speak personally. I feel like, my job is to make sure that people who feel really connected to their intuition don't lose sight of that mm-hmm. because I see how hard it was for me to get some of it back. And I see how hard it is for a lot of people who just have been very stuck in a kind of the Newtonian, very Cartesian ideology and and just what it what it takes to to remove, to unlearn a lot of that. And so I really want to support people who are still feeling kind of fresh or like haven't had anyone tell them that's ridiculous Mm -hmm. and to make sure that when the world starts to say those things um, that they can be like, thank you, but that's not real for me. Um, So that's, I guess that's one way I think about the, the responsibility. Mm hmm. And I think that that there's also more of a more broadly a social responsibility to to think about the experiences of especially young kids who I feel like are so fluid and maybe we maybe we all were when we mm-hmm. when we were that young, but I think there's there's just so many binaries are breaking down and there's a lot of misunderstanding i think between generations for that reason because because older generations got quite comfortable with the binary and that mm-hmm. is that is not really that doesn't really work mm-hmm. anymore and doesn't certainly doesn't work for kids and so being able to have conversations with like i even just think of my like my family like older generations of my family and how how trying to have some uncomfortable conversations with them about politics, about race, mm-hmm. about gender, how how shocking that can be for them. And again, is because I because I think of myself as a bridge, I think a lot about wanting to change things from the inside out and and knowing that sometimes like dropping a bomb in a conversation is not the way to create change, but there's that part of me that wants to shake things up. And then there's Mm -hmm. the part of me that's like, what is the long game though? (laughs) And like, do I actually want the change or do I just want to make a splash in this conversation? So sometimes I have to pull myself back from, from those situations. Sometimes I have to be more courageous. Mm -hmm. I think about the, the audience a lot and, and I do think that it's really it's really important to make the world a little bit safer for for people who are so tuned in and who are who are that fluid. I feel like even though it's a it's a tragedy and it's a crisis anytime anyone kind of lets the light of their intuition go out because the world has kind of like crowded in, but something just tells me that for this 
like for the for younger individuals, like the damage of that is is so much more like it's so much heavier because mm-hmm. it's not it's just not part of their makeup. I think the way that it was for for older generations. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, that definitely resonates with me. And I've talked about this on the podcast before, but just like as a kid being able to predict like insane things or having dreams and then I would tell my parents about it and I would tell them like I'm so psychic and they were just like they would just laugh because there was like no yeah. explanation for it then especially like you I was raised in a conservative um Christian actually Catholic household so it was just I don't know the the understanding piece wasn't necessarily there for my parents but yeah another thing I wanted to mention is I am kind of a numerology nerd in this book that I've read by David Phillips, he's like a he's a PhD numerologist, but he says that the number of twos in your date of birth add to how in tune you are with your intuition because two is the number of intuition, as is eleven. But so like coming up into twenty twenty, we're gonna have oh. a lot of psychic babies. <laughs> Ooh, that's exciting! I just got the chills. Really? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I've always been very interested in that, and then even. If you're a woman, you automatically have a two in your date of birth, even if you don't, just because there's oh. so it's more accessible to them. Interesting. But yeah. <laughs> we're all twos. Right. Even when we're not. I have an 11. I don't have a two. I'm excited to see how it pans yeah. out for children in the future. Yes. Mm-hmm. So one one thing that with the the responsibility piece that you mentioned, and this isn't necessarily about the about the kids or about this new generation, but something that I think about a lot in terms of responsibility of working with energy, especially as more and more people are willing to talk about it, is to be really aware of spiritual bypassing, by which, I mean, there are a lot of different ways of thinking about that, but but something that I see happening more and more, especially on social media, is people talking about how you know like the the good vibes only kind of just vibing mm-hmm. high like all all of this yeah. where it just kind of glosses over the very real issues that people are dealing with trauma and also this inclination to say well just you know just meditate on it or just you know just anything that starts mm-hmm. with just and just like mm, yeah. yeah no people's lives are really complex and and especially for someone who is in this incarnation in a you know white educated privileged in very many ways physical presentation it's really i feel like there's there's a big responsibility to be aware of all the blind spots that i have because because of who i am because of what i do because of because anyone who even even just trying to be the support for someone's spiritual journey is a massive responsibility. Sometimes if I think mm-hmm. too much about it, it it feels like I I shouldn't be doing this. Who who should be doing this? Who like who among us can really say that, you know, I I should be guiding someone through this. And so I think I I try as often as I can to to see where my blind spots are, to ask people to reflect back to me where they see things that I have missed. I'm really happy you brought that up because I think anybody working in the healing space just has to have that sort of cognizance of 
the fact that healing can actually be very difficult and painful. Yeah. And it's not like, you know, I'm healing. Like, I feel really good all the time yeah. now. It's actually usually the opposite. Right. Right. Yeah. And 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 I would say, I mean, I don't want to sort of oversimplify things, but I would say that if you're not coming up against some of that discomfort that you might you might want to look a little bit deeper. Like there's, mm -hmm. there's so much that each of us has to dismantle whatever situations we've grown up with, whatever paradigms that we have kind of constructed our identities around. There's always going to be those triggers, those kind of tripwires. And I think an honest reflection and self-awareness is, is going to put you directly into a relationship with some of those like shadow aspects it takes time and it takes a great deal of patience and oh and the other aspect of spiritual bypassing that that I think is is really tricky and I don't have I don't have the answers for it but as more uh more of a like wide range of teachings become available and we get you know different the, the traditions of different cultures kind of moving in and accessible. I think there's a real temptation to feel like, oh, because I took this class, it's then mine. It's, mm -hmm. you know, but, but I have nothing to do with this ancestral lineage, but I'm going to, I'm going to like bring it into my own spiritual journey. There's a number of people that I, that I, whose work I follow really closely, and one one in particular who I think has really elegantly kind of articulated it, and and says, you know, if you haven't really done the work with your own ancestors to borrow or to work with some other lineage of spiritual tradition, is mm -hmm. not only you know, appropriation of that lineage, but you're also insulting and kind of dishonoring your ancestors. Mm -hmm. And so what she is saying is, you know, I'm not saying that you can't ever learn something else, but please start with your own lineage. Learn about the spiritual traditions of your own lineage, your blood lineage. And and then when you have kind of gotten the the blessing of your ancestors to to move out from that point do so but it's it was something i had never thought about because so much is available to us mm -hmm. so much on demand and it and it and so this was a couple of years ago that i that i discovered this person who was talking about it and i thought oh right it's like there's even though this is spirituality we can still we can still bring a consumer attitude to it and we can um and we can in in that process kind of strip it of a lot of its benefits especially if we totally. don't have any idea where the like the roots of it come from so it just i think that that is one of the reasons that i have felt really compelled after doing all the the work in with clairvoyance to find a spiritual lineage that felt like it really fit and something that is very, you know, thousands of years old. So now I'm referring to the King Solomon lineage, generations of wisdom that get handed down in and they only do it in in person. So you can't do this stuff online, partly because they don't want it to be to, to lose some of its potency in that way. But to find something that actually has this 
this weight and this gravity of all of these, you know, all of the ages, but still very, very relevant now. And so that for me, that that felt really grounding to be able to bring in some of that wisdom. And I feel like my my practice, even my even my clairvoyant readings until that point, there was there was some way in which I felt like they were a little bit one dimensional or a little bit flat. And I feel like having the um, having that root in a in an ancient like mystery tradition is something that like animates everything that I do and mm-hmm. um, and just and gives my life meaning. It it helps me to understand what my purpose is. And I don't think I would get that just from um, something that kind of emerged more recently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Or even if you just, you know, really felt like you needed to get into a class or a certain lineage like ASAP. Right. It obviously wouldn't yeah. <laughs> have the same. I mean, you've done world traveling to get mm-hmm. your, uh, is it a certification or is it? Yeah, they're they're both certifications. Like to the, to the outside world, they are certifications. And within the context of that lineage, they're initiations. So there's a lot of ceremony around it. There's a lot of preparation. There are a lot of, you have the entire community like standing around you as you receive like the energetic keys to be able to do this. But then, you know, the rest of the world needs to understand, well, what does it mean? Like, I'm not going to say so much that I I'm I'm initiated and now you, (laughs) and now you can feel really good about having me clear your aura. Yeah. So yeah, certification um, that I think in part reflects the the amount of time that I have invested and money as well. Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Because, you know, the all all the resources, all the investment, it's all energy. But um, yeah, so both both the certification and um, and initiations. Yeah. All right. Yeah, mm-hmm. thank you for bringing that up too. That was also a great example of spiritual bypassing. Mm. And your point with consumerism is spot on because just as human beings in general, we have that ego that like wants the things. Yeah. And so we we can just like transfer our our want for regular consumer goods or we can we it can very easily be transferred to like wanting more certifications or like wanting to buy oh, like yeah. 16 Oracle decks. Like I'm guilty <laughs> of all of these, but, <laughs> but they're so beautiful. <laughs> right. <laughs> but yeah, that was a good point too. Yeah. Well, and, and I sometimes think, well, is it, you know, there's always going to be that, um, the, the downside or the tricky side to, to something having more exposure. But on the whole, I think it's the fact that, that more people are having these conversations is is still a wonderful thing. The fact mm-hmm. that it has reached this this level of kind of saturation in the collective consciousness does show how much things are changing. And, you know, along with that, we bring all of our humanity. Right. <laughs> and our ego. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Can't leave those behind. Right. <laughs> so in a little bit here, we're going to – have Aaron give me a reading, actually one of her clairvoyant readings, which I'm very excited for. But it was just funny because you were describing the kinds of people that you attract as, you know, as your clients and like what they're going through. And I was just like, me, to a T. But in addition to that, I was also wondering what you're personally working through right now, because I feel like a lot of healers tend to go through this phase of like they attract clients 
after they've been through a certain thing or they're, they attract them while they're going through a certain thing. So yeah, I would just like to know what you're personally working on right now. Yes. The word surrender kind of sums it up and I could take about 10 different paths with that. But um, the one the one that is sort of popping up right now has to do with the really profound doubt that creeps in for me a lot, even as I'm doing this work and even after having seen such big and important changes happen in my life as a result, as a direct result of it, when I had tried like everything else, it's still really hard for me sometimes to allow that such things are possible, that we could be this powerful, that we could hold this much potential, and that we could step into that in this physical life. Like there's, I don't know if it's the Missouri Synod Lutheran in me who still feels like I'm like treading on God's territory by trying to do any of this, or if it's the skeptic in me that's just like, well, if I can't, you know, poke at it or like, you know, whatever, um, if I can't see it right in front of me, then it must not be real. Like a, a real, in some ways, a very, very physically material oriented perspective on things, which which is sort of extraordinary that I that, that could even be the case, I feel like, after as much as I've seen other people transform and as as I said, as much as I have transformed. But there's maybe again, maybe it's that analytical part of me that wants to know not just that something is possible, but wants to know exactly what is the mechanism of change. Mm-hmm. And partly so that I can describe it to someone else or that I can offer that up to someone else. I think there I think there is a part of me that feels like I'm supposed to be able to prove this to people or that I'm somehow an ambassador for this and that I want to be able to give the perfect elevator pitch. Or if I can't do that, then there must not be something to it. I don't know, but there's there's mm-hmm. this real um this real heavy weight sometimes of of this doubt and just feeling like, what in the world am I doing? Like, yeah. <laughs> is any of this, does any of this make any sense? And if I can't put it into words, then then it must not be real. So even as I'm encouraging other people to access their intuition and to let go of some of these, um, you know, the, the physical ideas, I'm also struggling with that. And so I think part of why that feels like a struggle is because it feels hypocritical sometimes. Like Mm. I'm, you know, I'm nudging someone to listen to their intuition, but I'm pretty good at shutting mine down even, even now. And so, Mm -hmm. you know, again, who am I to be, to be doing that for someone else? So it's the reason that I categorize this under surrender is, is because I th- I think that in those moments when I do take the time to really slow down and and just when I'm sitting in daily meditation too, then I I don't feel so caught up in that like I must prove this. Um, it must have um, you know evidence behind it. It's just it's enough. It's enough mm-hmm. to know what I've seen. It's enough to um, trust that I do have this capacity that I am more than what, you know, than what like meets the physical eye. I guess the the surrender comes in with being 
willing to say, even though all of this is completely unknown, I still am turning myself over to it in some ways and just saying, you know, I'm I'm ready for whatever is going to happen. But I, I don't feel that surrender in every moment. Like maybe once or twice a day, I'm like, okay, and that's enough mm-hmm. to get me through. But but I don't know. I feel like I feel like the surrender with a capital S is still like out there for me. Yeah. <laughs> well, it sounds like you're going into a really big transition. I think you might be right. Yeah. 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 This might be why we're having this conversation now. Right. <laughs> That's yeah. amazing. I am sure that you will tackle it though with grace. Like like we've already talked about, you've been walking this path for how how many years? Um, feels like a lot. Two, yeah, it does feel like a lot. It feels like it feels like a lifetime, but in um in Earth years, it's been since 2014. Wow, so awesome. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. I know it's not it's never easy to share what you're going through personally on a podcast, but <laughs> I'm it's nerve wracking, sure, but totally worth it. I'm just sure like healing. It benefit people, right? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Just like healing. <laughs> Should we jump into the reading? Sure. Okay. Let's do it. Let's do it live. <laughs> okay. So you mentioned that you attract a lot of people in career change mm-hmm. positions, and that's sort of where I'm at. And so much that you've talked about so far just resonates with me, like the clairvoyance training. Um, I mean, I didn't take anything as extensive as you, but I've been working through this online class with this group of people, and we practice on each other. Um, I've had Reiki for about six months now, and it's just become really clear to me that mediumship is also something that comes very natural to me, like specifically mediumship working with the departed. Okay. And so I kind of, I have this vision of this path that I'm headed down and I'm getting, you know, guidance that I just need to trust and surrender to it. And that the masculine parts that make me successful at my corporate job can be transferred and that like I can still, you know, it's, it's possible for me to still be this, you know, strong financially independent person, even though I'm working in the healing space. But along with that, I'm just really terrified to quit my job too early, but I can't, I don't know how much longer I can keep going. Mm -hmm. So what are your thoughts? (laughs) (laughs) So, um, if, so as we're kind of setting this up as a reading, we can do it a couple of different ways. Um, I can, because what I'll be doing is I'll be reading the energy in your aura and I'll be closing my eyes to do that. I'll be kind of setting myself up briefly in like a kind of quick meditation to do that. So I can either just look for um, pictures uh, in your career space. So I'll be I'll be I would be working within the third layer of your aura. That's the layer of the aura connected to um, energy management. And that uh, it's interesting that you brought up the the masculine because this is also the the layer of the aura that contains information about how we how we balance out the masculine and feminine aspects mm-hmm. of our energy, but also how how we run the energy within our body, how we make choices about where to where to put that energy. It's also the layer of the aura that deals with questions around career, but um, like personal projects as well. So anything that involves kind of the the active use of our energy. It also, incidentally, is the um, area with information about our like dream life, our dream space. And and so all of that is present there. So that's um, I could go into that 
layer of the aura and kind of start from there and just sort of see what is there. But I am also interested to know if you have a specific question that you'd like me to work with the energy of, or if you just kind of want that, like, here's what's, here's what's coming up. So I'll let you kind of direct it in that way. Yeah. I mean, I would specifically, I would really like to know more about a timeline and then also, I feel, though, that my timeline is very much related to blocks within myself, like areas where I'm keeping, I'm holding myself back, basically. Okay. Um, and so maybe, I guess, how to accelerate the timeline, if that's possible. Okay. If they are linked. Okay. Yeah. So then it, um, then I think we'll be, we'll be looking at a little bit of a, um, a next step scenario. And when I use the term next step, it's actually a kind of a specific term. So as I'm, as I'm reading the energy in your aura, I am reading you in present time. So I'm not doing a, I'm not looking at the future. I am looking at you in present time, but, and this is really, this is kind of where the, um, like what the key is that our spirits are always like a few steps ahead of us. So even though I'm reading you in present time, your spirit is already kind of working on the next thing. And so as I'm looking at your aura, I'm able to I'm able to see what your um like where those next steps can come from or what it what it looks like when you are kind of moving into that space in a way that feels like grounded or that feels sustainable for you. So that's kind of what I'm what I'm thinking I'll I'll look at. And Got it. I'm adjusting right now because I need to have my feet on the floor when I oh, do sure. this. And so let's see. This might this might work. Well, I hope it looks good in there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. So all right, I'm gonna take a moment here and just get myself set up. And my eyes are closed, but you can have your eyes open or closed, whatever, whatever feels good. And I'm going to start by having you speak out loud your full given birth name. So first, middle, last name. Danielle Marie Nadu. All right. And before I move into the specific question um, or theme that we discussed, I'm just going to give a quick reading of your life force energy. So this is the original essence that you, the vibration that you came in on when you took this body. And I'll be working or looking at that in terms of color. Okay. And so the vibration is this beautiful like spring green. So there's a lot of freshness in this color and a sense of this kind of perennial rebirth, this um, this kind of beginning, new beginnings. And this is this is true for you even as you engage with other energies. And I also see here that there's there's a little bit of deep blue as well. So there's a there's a there's a way in which you think of yourself or you kind of process information as a very kind of ancient soul, a very ancient being, but this but this bright and um, kind of brilliant spring green is showing you that even even as you're working with older energy, whether that is your energy, whether that is energies that you encounter, you're always bringing this sense of renewal, of rebirth, of rejuvenation. So this is, again, this is your 
original essence and we'll see kind of how that plays into the question that you have. So I'll transition now into looking at the energy of this timeline that you that you mentioned wanting to make this shift into a different career and if you wouldn't mind now just kind of restating the question just so I can put it kind of back into the back into the mix here sure so currently I'm in this, you know, pretty corporate job and I feel like I'm at the end of the rope with it. And so I have this vision of me transferring into more of a healing space or maybe just a space of like bringing light to people, um, however that may be interpreted. And I'm wondering about the timeline of it. All right. So first what I'll just share is the the color that is coming up as I look at this question is um, I would describe it as kind of aqua. So there's a there's a little bit of green, a little bit of blue, and as I'm saying that, I'm realizing this is already kind of that combination of your original essence and that that sense of um, that deep deep blue, that very um, and and deep being the kind of operative word there. That there's a freshness, but also a depth. So a little bit of a combination of those two aspects of of you as an eternal being. The picture that that I see is of you on a like on a stationary bike and you are um it, this is a this is a bike that has a lot of digital kind of components to it, a lot of different ways of tracking data, tracking like how fast you're going. Um so you're you're like monitoring yourself in a lot of different ways and and what's what's happening here what you've been kind of working toward is this it's like this this training that you have been putting yourself through learning how to do like different speed drills or kind of testing like here's what happens when i do when i do this as a sprint here's what happens when i do this as more of a more of a long ride and and so you're making all these calculations you're using all of this feedback and you're getting ready to in in a way sort of like take this take this out into the world and and the first thing that i saw because this is kind of um like rolled back to kind of give a little more of the story but the first thing that i saw was you kind of breaking out of the um like the stationary bike becomes like the the framework for it you like ride right off of it as though it were like training wheels that you just kind of left behind in the dust. Um, and so this is a, you, you have been in this, in this place for some time, but the, the plan has always been to kind of ride off of this stand that you've been on and, and you have been just taking your time to learn like taking the temperature doing all of the all of this preparation to be able to kind of move out into the world in the way that you really want to be showing up um so in terms of the timeline so the 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 first number that kind of popped up was was 306 but this is a zero that is like um it's more of a placeholder and 
I'm going to just make the leap that this is not three to six years from now for you. <laughs> so this is like, <laughs> but this, this for you, what the, the other part of this picture. So sometimes actually very often spirit likes to communicate in kind of puns and, um, and it kind of like, like pictorial pun, visual puns. So part of this is that you're in a, you're on a cycle, but this is, this is also the sense of like the cycles of the earth, the cycles of the body. So you're, you're also looking at, um, a like a season and, and two seasons from now of like full cycles of the earth. And, and one of the kind of nudges for you is to, be aware of your connections to the cycles of the earth. So it is, of course, about your your energy. And you mentioned the the balancing of the the male energy. One of the ways that you can bring in more of the um, feminine energy, divine feminine energy, is going to be to validate or start to explore the way that your cycles of your of your body, the cycles of your kind of emotions, connect up with the seasons of of the earth and to see how much of your cues you can take from the changing of the seasons. So you can, you can start to pay attention in a different way to, um, to what the earth is doing as a way of having kind of a little more, it's more about confidence. So it's not that you have to, you know, wait 90 to 180 days from now to do this. But the idea is that at least two cycles of of the earth from now give you so much information and that could you could be taking a look at that all in you know the period of a week in very intense meditations for example but the um the invitation is to look at um the next two seasons of what the earth is doing and to take your cues from that so it's it's a it's an indirect answer to the question of your timeline because it is it's a bit symbolic. It's a bit metaphorical, um, but also you you certainly could take it literally and just be like, at three months, here's what I'm going to do. At six months, here's where I'm going to be. But you um, you are on a pretty quick kind of um, exit strategy from here because the moment that I started looking at your energy, like you're just your legs are your legs are pumping, <laughs> like you're ready to get up and off of the, off of this stand and out into the world, and and you can feel. You can feel a lot of confidence in that, and you can also start to see how the how the energy of the earth is is supporting you and your intentions and what you want to bring about. So I'm just going to take a peek here and see if there's anything else with this picture to illustrate. Just as a slight kind of incidental, the one of the programs that's running that was running on this um, bike and the um, like the digital display was of ride through the mountains. So something else that you can either uh, just acknowledge about yourself or kind of be preparing yourself for is that a lot of uphill climbing is what you've been training for. So whether or not you you know it, you're quite well equipped to deal with a lot of the um, the more uh, taxing and um, demanding aspects of of moving out and and away from what you have known and what has 
by now started to feel just like pretty, pretty much like coasting. You're training in some really difficult or you've, you've set up your training to be in some very, very demanding and very difficult situations. And so you're, you're ready. You're ready. So I'm going to close that up here and end the reading. Wow. <laughs> oh, that was amazing. Thank you so much. My pleasure. It's always so much fun to, especially when people have specific questions. It's awesome. And yeah. I often find that the less I know ahead of time, the more the more things just kind of like jump into into life. So that was mm-hmm. really fun. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, I'll just comment on how accurate it was. Oh, yeah. Just like the whole rebirth thing like that hit me immediately because I feel like my whole life I've had to go through these phases of rebuilding myself after something like really bad or traumatic or just Mm -hmm. something like not working out in the way that I thought I did. And um, actually, I had an astrologer tell me that that's in my chart. It's like a lifelong theme for me to like always be like ending and okay. then starting new so oh, yeah so that was amazing yeah um and then I just when you said aqua I was like oh we're sitting on an aqua blanket but Ooh, we, <laughs> yes we are um Very light yeah. and just like with the bike I actually meditated earlier today and my when I speak with my higher self or my spirit mm-hmm. a lot of times she shows up or it shows up as my inner child and I was riding a bike in my meditation. No way. Today. Yeah. Like my, my inner child. <laughs> That's so awesome. And she was just, yeah. she was actually wearing a blue shirt too. Stop it. <laughs> um, but yeah, she, it wasn't, it wasn't as much like monitoring things or, yeah. or stuff like that, but it was just like my inner child trying to tell me to focus on things that are awesome. And actually it was kind of the opposite of like, stop looking at the data. Like, but that mm-hmm. can just be like, that's what I needed at the time. And sure. the meditation was to like, take a step back and realize that's what I needed right then. But yeah, well, by the way, the, the bike, as it moves off of the stand, I didn't see any of those monitors there. So, okay, nice. <laughs> <laughs> You're done with so. that. I think <laughs> you've spent enough time with the data. Right. <laughs> I'm a CPA. That's my Oh, okay. Job. Yeah. <laughs> Very fitting. Oh, good. good. <laughs> yeah, that was incredible. And then just with the cycles of the earth too, I feel like. This winter is the first time I've actually made a dedication to like looking inward and being like introspective and focusing on what winter is about, which is that really like cocooning sort of thing or just focusing on what's going on inside of you rather than like, you know, springtime you, mm-hmm. it's like the season of renewal. So yeah. When you have yeah. that all the time. So you have. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, it doesn't feel like that, but <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> I know what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh. I well, I think we're really lucky in this part of the world to have, like, just have the, like, the physical four seasons. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. it's they exist everywhere, but we have such extreme versions of those, and that it doesn't isn't always convenient. But it's a really it's it's great for seeing all the distinctions between them. Yeah. Well, it can be sacred too if you make mm-hmm. it. <clears throat> yeah. If you make it that way. Yeah. So. Wow. That was amazing. I'm probably going to be like re-listening to this yeah. 16 more times. But I usually have people record their readings when we do like in a full life. hour yeah. reading. Yeah. Well, we did yeah. it in real life. Yeah, we did. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> on the podcast. Um, is there anything else, or maybe any last words of encouragement or advice to our audience? 
Yeah, I think something that I would offer just to anyone who is starting a journey or kind of wondering where to go or maybe even has been already on a healing journey for a very long time is that for me, I I have the most, I find the most richness or I see the most progress, however, whatever it feels like in the moment, if I am as sort of curious about what's going on as possible, if I can get myself to a place of curiosity, that that always feels like the place that I want to be coming from because it's a place where you can't like you can't be both curious and judgmental about something it just really isn't possible so filling filling the space with as much curiosity and like awe and wonder as possible even even when things feel like at the most difficult I think that's where it can be the most transformative to have that aspect but that's still remains for me kind of the the antidote to almost everything mm-hmm. <laughs> and and the best and the best guide as well mm-hmm. yeah very cool thank you so Erin how can people connect with you best way to connect with me is or a couple of ways uh, my website is thegoldrunner.com and my direct email address is my first name, Erin, E-R-I-N, at thegoldrunner.com. So all one word. And I also am pretty active on Instagram. And my account is just thegoldrunner. Again, no spaces, one word. I don't have much of a Facebook presence. I have kind of a placeholder, but that's about it because I just don't know how to do it. Mm, it's kind of going away. <laughs> I need it. Is it? Okay. Yeah. Well, that's good. Instagram because... is definitely the place okay. to be. Oh, phew. <laughs> good. That's At one last thing to try and figure out. Yeah. For sure. Like, you know, millennials Yay. is mostly the base. So yeah. But yeah, okay. check out Erin's Instagram. You post all of your events and yeah. stuff like that. So it's really helpful. And Erin yeah. is local to the Minneapolis area. Which, yes. which is where most of our listeners are from. So cool. Yeah. yeah. Okay. 